Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, your host this segment, and this is your show, America, so give me a call at 888-825-5225. We'll talk about your life and your money and whatever's on your mind, whatever ails you. We got some fun news last night. My new book, Breaking Free from Broke, is officially a number one national bestseller. So thank you so much to everyone who pre-ordered, who purchased, who has read the book, who's listened to the audiobook. It's because of you guys. You know, we can uh, write books in a, in a cave, but it's way more fun when it impacts people out there. So shout out to the team to, uh, to publish a number one bestseller. We do that a lot around here, and we, we can take it for granted if we don't just take a pause and celebrate. And that's all thanks to our amazing fans out there and people who have been sharing this, telling their friends about it, saying, you got to check out this book. It's going to help you win with money in 2024. So uh, I'm, I'm a turtle on a fence post here at Ramsey. We have an amazing team that makes this all happen, and I, I just did my part. So it's an honor, and I'm humbled and grateful this hour. And Joey's going to kick us off here in Greenville, South Carolina. Joey, how can I help today? Hey, um, I had a question about paying off my debt in cash, um, and I want you guys to try to convince me to pay it off in cash when I make more money in interest with that cash being in a high-yield savings account than I do on the interest rate on the loan. Ooh, so that you want a spirited debate here is what you're looking for. Kind of a prove me, prove me wrong. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see how far I can get. You sound like you fo- you found a wealth hack. A little bit, I, I guess you could say. <laughs> how much debt do you have? So I have fourteen thousand dollars left on. Uh, it was an initial twenty five thousand dollar personal loan at two point nine nine percent back in 2020. Um, and the, the terms were five years uh, with 18 months of deferred payments. Okay. And it's at 14K now, still at 299? Yes. And how much money do you have in savings? I have uh, about $34,000 in cash and $50,000 in stocks and mutual funds and then about $5,000 in a 401K. All right. So what are your goals? My goal is in about a year from now, 12 to 18 months to purchase the home. Okay. And so is that what the cash is for and the stocks? Would you cash the stocks out to use as a down payment? Probably not. I would, I would just keep saving. I'm, I'm saving a lot of money uh, every month now. In, on the cash side? On the cash side. So cool. I would continue to do that until I had a, a big down payment to put down. And what's your income? I make about 120000 Awesome. How old are you? 24. Dude, you're crushing it. What are you doing for work? I do engineering. Way to go. Great field. And uh, that's the top in our millionaire study. That was the top career was engineers. And uh, it sounds like you're on the way. So you want to buy a home. You've got this personal loan debt. What was the personal loan debt for? Uh, it was just a career starter loan uh, through USAA that I got. Um, from being in the Air Force a while ago. Cool. All right. So what's the payment on this personal loan right now? It's $468 a month. Oof. Now, if you freed that up, let's say you paid off, you have the 34000 in cash, you pay off the 14000 that leaves you with 20000 in cash, and you free up $468. Yes. 
Yes. So I, I crunched the numbers a little bit, and if you don't mind, I'll go through them. Um, and sure. Just stop me if I get too in depth or if you have any questions. But between now and there's 33 months left on the note. So between now and 33 months from now, the total interest that I would pay on the $14,000 is just over $600. And then the um, interest that I would earn on the $14,000 sitting in that account in my high yield savings account would be about $2,000 over 33 months. And then the third calculation I did was uh, if, if I drained the $14,000 out of the high yield savings account and then increased my saving amount per month by $468, then ironically, after 33 months, I would have $16,000 total in that account, which equates to be, you know, the initial $14,000 plus the 2000 in interest. So you're saying either way you get to the same result. Exactly. So why but, not pay off the debt? You've burned more brain the, calories figuring this out. You you make too much money to be spending this much time nerding out. Yeah, that that, that is true. So like this is living in your head rent free, regardless of the interest rate. Like you're too smart and successful to even be playing around with this at this point. Because if this really yeah. worked, right, Joey? Like you would just go take out as much debt as possible at two nine nine and put it in high yield savings, wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> so why don't you go get some more debt? I, I'm not sure if that's an option. I don't know if interest rates for personal loans can be can be got at three percent now. But but the theory is, if I can make, if you could get a loan at four and a half, and you can make five in your savings account, you're going to go chase the spread. Correct. And I'm playing a different game. That's that's checkers. I'm over here playing chess. When you don't have any debt, you don't have any payments. It changes the decisions you make it changes how many brain calories are used to make these calculations. And so I remember, because I feel you, Joey, like I was 23, 24, I was doing the exact same thing. I was like a pretty, I was like, well, it doesn't make sense on paper to pay off the highest, uh, you know, the highest, uh, lowest balance first. I should pay off the highest interest debt. And yet there I was, a broke chucklehead of a 23-year-old trying to argue about the best way to build wealth. And so I'm not saying that's you. I was way more of a knucklehead. You are far more successful than I was at 24. Goodness gracious, you're impressive. And you're so impressive that I'm just going, why are we even, you have the money. It's not even a, it's literally with a one click, this situation's over and you're back to $468 back in your life, putting in the high yield, investing it, building up your down payment. And so I don't know, I don't know why you'd continue this if you just found out the results the same either way. I would just get rid of the payment. The, the only thing and that, you know, that is the obvious answer. Um, but the only thing is that I really plan to buy the house in 12 to 18 months. So I would, you know, in 12 months have more of a need for the cash than I would, uh, just saving up more money for the next 33 months, which is the, so you wouldn't actually make that spread in the end. I would be right. I would only make that spread. If I, if I, you know, kept investing $468 a month for the next 33 months into that high yield savings account. Well, here's the other thing to think about, Joey, that high yield savings account rate can change at any time. Your interest rate is, is fixed. And so I think interest rates will start going down as things start to cool. And so truthfully, you're going to be fine either way. It was a fun debate. 
But goodness gracious, the amount of time we spent here, we could have just went and made 600 bucks and called it a day. And so I encourage you to pay it off. And if you miss debt for some reason, the bank will always be happy to give you more. And I don't worry about interest rates. I'm more worried about peace over payments, my friend. Wishing you the best. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel. I'll be your host this segment. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. You call up and we'll talk about your money problems, your wins, and whatever else is going on in your life. Morgan is up next in Raleigh, North Carolina. Morgan, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hey, thank you for having me. Sure. How can I help today? So my question is, um, I have about $45,000 in credit card debt um, split between two different cards. And oddly enough, the amounts are even. Um, So I kind of been having trouble with the plan to really pay it off. Um, So I'm not really sure which method would be best to use, like either the Snowball or Avalanche. Um, I'm not sure in the interest rates, pretty high for me. It's at 26.29%. Oof. Are these um, like a retail yeah, card? It's really high. Um, one of them's a city, city bank card, um, like a cash back card. And then my other ones with Wells Fargo. Ouch. And are they both at 26.29 yeah. or what's, what are the two interest rates? Um, the Wells Fargo one's at about 20%. Okay. I mean, because the balances are, if the balances are exactly the same, you can just attack the one with the higher interest since there's really no difference here. You're going to, um, you're going to make, you're going to feel the progress knocking them down either way. Are the payments the same? The minimum payment? Um, no, the payments are not the same. They're a little bit different. What's the difference in payments? Um, the city cards around higher end of 900 a month and then the, um, well, yeah, and then the Wells one's like 550. Okay. I wonder if you plug this yeah. into uh, like our debt snowball calculator, it may tell you um, which one would get knocked down faster if you were throwing extra money at it. And that might help you make this decision and get you out of this paralysis mode. Okay. Because the key here is you want to knock down that principle as fast as possible. And the interest is just making it harder to do that. Yeah, exactly. Because I've been um, trying to double the payment each month. I've been actually, my goal is to try to put at least two to 3000 towards it. Um, but it. it's, it's barely making a dent, I feel like. <laughs> That's the problem with these high interest rates. The higher the rate, the slower it's going to go because that interest is just yeah. killing you. So what uh, What other debt do you have? Um, really no other debt. That's it. I own my car. Um, I have no student loans. Um, I own my house. Um, I have uh, $288,000 um, on that that I still owe. Do you have any um, savings? But I put... Um, I have, so that's the problem. I've been trying to put all my money thousands into just paying off these cards. I have about 2,500 in the mini, like a mini emergency fund. Okay. Um, but I don't have a huge savings because I'm just throwing everything at these debts. Good. Baby step one is a thousand dollar starter emergency fund. If you have that set aside and then you have enough to cover your bills for the month, everything else needs to get thrown at that one credit card while making minimum payments on the other. Right. Okay. What did you spend the forty five thousand on in these cards? Um. So last year I had a bunch of some medical issues that unfortunately wasn't really covered by insurance. Um. And then I have I own an older home, so I had to replace the windows and doors in the home. They were like starting to leak water. Um. I had some moisture damage, so I had a, a lot of house things that I ended up spending money on. Probably should have waited on them. They weren't like dire, but. Um, but when you have the I card, you're like, why not? 
Yeah, have, exactly. have you cut up and these cards already? <laughs> huh? Have you cut up the cards? Um, no, I haven't yet. I think it's time. I think it's time we cut up the yeah. cards, close the account, and then we start paying off these balances. You need a line in the sand where you go, no more. Morgan works too hard yeah. to be this broke. And these card companies have not been a blessing to me thus far. And they're only going to encourage me to make bad decisions with the guise of cash back. Right. So yeah. I th- and I even I tried to call time. them to ask if they could lower the APR and they said no. <laughs> I just wanted to ask. You never know. Yeah. But. I mean, I've, we've heard stories where people just call and say, hey, I'm struggling to make this payment. Can you lower the interest rate? And they'll just do it. Um, so you can mm-hmm. fight them and keep doing that and see if that's going to help. But truly, your best bet is just working your tail off and knocking this thing out as much as you can. So what is your income? Um, I earn $113,000 a year. Good news. Um, so I'm, yeah, so biweekly, um, I'm getting, getting about $3,000 biweekly, and I also work a part-time job that I get about an extra $1,000 a month at. Great. So we're talking about seven k coming in take-home? Yep, yeah. Great. So the question now is, uh, um, as you create your every dollar budget, the goal is how much margin can we create by cutting expenses, by making more, by deeply sacrificing, by selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace, finding the change in the couch cushions. You have to go so scorched earth that people think you're crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, what's that's necessary what here. Uh, you've been comfortable for a while, but this comfort has now turned into discomfort. It's catching up with you. Right. And so, yeah, and I'm setting aside about 2500 a month towards my mortgage and my bills. So I subtract that's a that lot. and then whatever I, yeah, exactly. And then whatever I have left over, I'm trying to just throw it at the debt. Are you investing at all right now? Um, no, I was. I did have stock, but I sold it. Um, I actually have a about 187000 in a 401k Roth IRA. Good. Well, leave that alone, but make sure you've paused all investing, all contributions until this debt is paid off. And that's going to light another fire under you to get out of debt faster because you want to get back to investing. You're good at that. You're good at saving money. Yeah. Right now, we got to pay off some debt and clean up this mess. Yeah. Are you using a budgeting app right now? Um, No, I'm not. Well, it starts today. I'm going to gift you one year of every dollar premium. And once you go in there, there's a paycheck planning tool with the premium version. There's a financial roadmap that will show you when you're going to hit these milestones. And of course, the budgeting app itself, which is going to help you lay out a game plan for every single dollar coming in. I'm also going to send you a copy of my new best-selling book, Breaking Free from Broke. Specifically, read the credit cards chapter. I've been hearing so many people, they've been sending me videos, cutting up their cards, saying, you finally pushed me over the edge to cut up the cards. I needed a shower after I read that chapter. It gave me the ick, and I am done with that system. So, Lauren, I hope those two resources help you. Skylar will pick up, and we'll make sure you get Every Dollar Premium and a copy of Breaking Free from Broke. Lauren is up next in New York. Lauren, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help today? Um, So basically, I'm in a situation now where the last two years, I started to make more money than what I've made ever previously. Um, I'm 32. I'm renting right now. I gross about 120000 a year, um, and I net about 75000 after like my medical and 401k expenses. Um, and I guess my situation right now is I have about 6000 in credit card debt spread across three cards. The interest rates on them are like 29%. 
Um, and then I have 8,300 in student loans and I have an IRS debt. So I'm the past due the last couple of years, that's probably about 4,500 right now. And it's probably going to go up this year. So on top of all that, I'm also kind of on the horizon of looking to try to save for a house, but I just don't really know what I should do first. Um, my, my method that I thought was to pay off these credit cards and then put the IRS debt on a, on a credit card that I could get. Oh, no. (laughs) We're trying to fill the hole by digging the hole deeper. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lauren, you're doing, you're doing a lot of good things. You're just doing them all at once and you're not going to make progress that way. And so you said, you told me you're investing into your 401k. That's a good thing, but now's not the time because we have a pile of debt to clean up. You told me you want to buy a house. That's a good thing. But right now we still have to clean up this debt and the IRS debt needs to go to the very tippity top of your list. You should be losing sleep over this to the point where you're like, I'm getting rid of this 4,500 this month. I'm going to work my tail right. off. You make 120 k Do you have anything in savings? Um, no, honestly, I have about 3,000 in a high yield savings account right now. Okay. Um, and that's really it. Last what are you year contributing? Year I made this type of money. Okay, awesome. Well, this is going to really help you get out of debt fast. Because the good news is you make 120K and you have, what, 16000 17000 in debt? Yeah, I'm You're going to knock right. this out so fast. What percentage are you contributing to retirement right now? Um, I'm at, I just upped it. I was 8% last year and I did 15% this year to try to help myself and for the tax purpose of it to lower my tax bracket. Well, guess bracket. what? Um, You're going to pause investing and it's going to free up $18,000 for you to attack this debt in one year. And you're going to be done probably in a few months if you do that. So I would highly recommend pause all investing, go scorched earth, take a thousand and start knocking away at the IRS debt, then hit the credit cards, smallest to largest balance after the IRS debt, and you will be on your way. You'll be debt free in no time, but you got to do one thing at a time, focused intensity. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Jade, we've got something exciting coming up that we've never done before. Tell the people, George. On The Ramsey Show YouTube channel, we are going live after The Ramsey Show just for YouTube, and we're going to be hosting a live Q&A all about money and budgeting. We're going to have a special laptop that's visual going to be pulling up every dollar. We're going to show you exactly how to get ahead with money, answering all of your questions, and it's going to be Jade Warshaw and myself. Here's what's cool. You can either call into the show, like tradition, yes. or you can ask your questions in the chat and in we'll real pull time. Those. 
Yeah. So anything could happen. It's the first time we've ever done this, but you have to join us. Don't miss it. January 30th. It's a Tuesday, 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to our YouTube channel and hit the notify me button on that bonus Q&A live so that you don't miss it. Love it. It's going to be fun. All right. Let's go to Landon in Greenville, South Carolina. What's going on, Landon? Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Hey, so my quick question is, how do you get out of a poverty mindset, man? Hmm. Mm. Are you in poverty? No, but the mindset, you know, I was raised by a single mother, two kids, dad in prison my whole life, Section 8. Um, you know, I'm 32 now, put myself through school, worked three jobs while I was in school, married now for nine years, um... I actually just opened up my own business on the side. So I still work full-time and run my business. Um, you're impressive, man, dude. I struggle, dude. Um, so you're doing great now. Struggle's but real. you still have that. Uh, it's always gnawing at you. Like this could all come crumbling down. What's the, what's well, the fear that, behind this? Just, well, I mean, I've always, uh, what's the word, man? Um, I've been taught how to survive and not thrive. Mm-hmm. So what's and what's mo- you're you're motivated out of fear or like scarcity? You're not motivated out of confidence. Yeah, exactly. It's not coming and from a place of confidence. Of, yeah, my wife is very concerned about it. Um, you know, because we want to have a family, and uh, I want to better, you know, put confidence in our kids and uh, put them on the right path and everything else. But it's hard to do that, parent that when you don't believe it in yourself. So That's it's right. Like, you know, I'm a Harley Davidson technician. I've been a technician for ten years now, eleven years. Uh-huh. Um, started at eleven bucks an hour. Uh, um, you know, now I'm in the sixties a year, working flat rate. You know, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Right. Uh, so, give an example. And, like I hear what you're saying, but it also sounds like you're moving forward. Give me an example of how you feel it holding you back today and in this moment, because I do think that. Um, when you grow up that way or when you grow up with a set of, of beliefs and you're working very hard to shed out those beliefs, um, it's not just a light that flips on and flips off, right? It's more like it, it's more like that old you know, lawnmower that you have to keep pulling the cord and pulling the cord before it gets started, right? You always have to kind of like remind yourself, like, what do I believe? Like, what's true? And, and then you get going. So what's that look like every day for you? How is it holding you back today? I just seeing debt every day. How much uh, debt do you have? You know, I have 13 in tuition, three in a credit card, seven in a personal loan. Um, we purchased a new car last year, um, you know, trying to raise a family. And, uh, How much is that? Was, uh, we have 17 on it. Okay. What else? Uh, we bought it brand new. Um, our mortgage, we're at 200. Okay. Not bad. Anything else? Um, no, nah, my tool bill, uh, but there's no interest on it, but it's still a debt. How uh, much? And I'm at 700 bucks on it, paying it. And okay. how much are you bringing home every single month? You and your wife combined, what are y'all bringing home? Uh, mine varies, uh, just cause I'm a flat rate technician. So, I mean, I can work 80 and bill 120 or like this winter, you work 90 and get paid for 70. Okay. Uh, my lowest has been a month is right at two. Two what? And then my wife, two grand. Okay. 
and then that's the lowest. Uh, what's the highest? Like what? What? What's the norm? Like what? The if highest, you're busting your butt, what do you make? Yeah. Uh, if I'm busting my butt, you know, my wife always busts her tail. Um, I mean, we can easily do probably six or seven a month. Okay, six or seven thousand. So I think that you know we can kind of have a, a therapy session and dig into your past and figure out what's going on, or we can just look at the math and give you a little bit of peace through the math, which is you, if you guys are making $7,000 a month, are you guys on a budget? Because when I look at that m- number, I go, that's a lot of money there. There should be some margin to really make some headway on this debt. But if you're not on a good budget, that's not happening. So are you budgeting? Yeah, we're budgeting. My wife's better than, at it than I am. She actually paid off all her student loans last year um, after getting her master's degree. Okay. Uh, are you guys doing I've this money to, stuff together? Yeah, we are, and I just you have, I have one a combined account with it because uh, in our checking we do, and then we have a separate savings, um, and then with the business, I got a high interest yield on the business account. Uh, um, so, because I'm real like. You know, when you get married, everybody says that uh, you join everything together. That's but right. In my, yeah, in my eyes, though, it's like, you know, that was my debt. I know she married into it type of deal. Um, we went through a lot. Like, we lost everything a couple of years ago. Uh, we moved into an apartment. Place wasn't clean, had bed bugs, ruined everything we had. Literally, mm-hmm. I started over on an air mattress. Um, Listen. And I just... When you get married, I, I get it. I hear what you're saying. When we got married, my husband brought $230,000 of student loans into the mix, right? And I only had 34000 So I, the, the idea of feeling guilt and shame and feeling like, listen, this should only just be on me. That's a very real feeling. But just because you feel it doesn't necessarily mean it's right, right? And your wife married you. And my guess is if you guys have an open conversation, you've got to take all of each other, the good and the bad, just like John Legend said, right? We've got, that's just the reality of it as much as I dislike that song. But that's what you've got to let go because at the end of the day, you're not going to, both of you won't be able to go as far as fast as you need to go if you don't really link arms and say, this is what we're doing. We're putting all of our money to pay off our debt. And this is how we are going to approach that. Before you get off the phone, I want to make sure they get Financial Peace University and I want to make sure that you guys walk through it together because I think right now it's all floating around up here, up in uh, up in your head. And you've got to get a a, pap- a plan on paper that you're following because I don't know how much your wife's student loans were, but you guys paid those off first for whatever reason. And I want to make sure that there's some method to this madness and that we're walking through and we're going, okay, first we're getting $1,000 saved. Next, we're listing our debt from smallest to largest by balance, not interest rate. And we're going to get some quick wins. So we start to build that confidence that you mentioned earlier that you feel like is lacking. When you start building that confidence, you're going to realize, okay, I can do this. And that's what builds that that mindset. You've got to get those wins so that you can start to build that motivation so that you can start building that belief and then you'll see, okay, like I can complete this. I can do it. And once you pay off that debt, listen, can't nobody tell you nothing. It's going to build some confidence in the, in you that no one can take away. And that's yeah, coming and that's, from someone who knows. I guess I know, you know, to add to it, I mean, uh, you know, the guilt side of it is just like, you know, I grew up on spam baloney and stuff like that. And my wife's parents, you know, they did really well for themselves. They were able to put two kids through college, pay for it. I mean, they did really well. Uh, mm-hmm. They still are. And 
Mm-hmm. I just don't want to put my wife back on a poverty table, you know, something she's never well, really But that's not poverty. You you getting your uh, you you choosing to pay off your debt is loving your family well. It's the exact opposite. This is the hand that you guys have dealt yourselves. You're in debt. It's not about what you did, it's about what you did next. And what you're going to do next is you and your wife are going to come together and go, "Okay, how do we get to that dream? It's by us paying off debt. It's by us saving up, getting the right insurances." That's how we're going to do this, and the baby steps are going to help. We're going to give them Financial Peace University. And Landon, I'm also going to send you a copy of my book, Breaking Free from Broke, to help you get out of those chains, man. You're changing your family tree. It's hard, but it's worth it. And it means you're going to be busting your butt for the next year or two to clean this mess up. you got to stop letting life just happen to you and go, well, we had to. Mm-hmm. It's time to start happening to your life, man. That's right. That's hey, going to give you some hope. Get connected with BetterHelp, too. You might need to talk to somebody. That'll help you. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jane Warshaw. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Don't be scared because y'all be sending me DMs every day with nine paragraphs, and I'm like, y'all, call The Ramsey Show. I cannot (laughs) sit here in the DMs all day long. It's way easier talking to people, Jade. It is, but have you noticed that more and more people are going to social media for their... That's true. For their information. Especially TikTok. Yes, TikTok is big, although I have to say, like, I don't spend a whole lot of time on TikTok. Instagram is my jam, but... Well, can we be real? Because those on TikTok know. Everyone dogging in TikTok because they're on Instagram Reels. You're seeing the same videos just three weeks later. Listen, you're not wrong. You're like wrong. a Baptist church. You're, you'll get there, but it's going to take you a little longer, you know? What does that mean, George? You know, it just takes them a little longer to get get with the times, Jade. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got a drum set, but it was about three years too late. You know? Oh, okay. They got the contemporary service, but all the young people have left already. You know what I mean? That's how I grew up Arabic Baptist, so I can say that with pride. La-da-da-da-da. It's the one moment. All right, so here's, Jade, here's this article I want to get your take on. Okay. And it involves TikTok. All right. Loud budgeting is going viral on TikTok, and for good reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So define loud budgeting for those that don't know. Okay. So loud budgeting, this is me in my own words. It's basically people coming on Instagram and sharing openly. They'll either openly share their actual budget or they'll share all the tips that they're using to spend less. They're just being open for once people for once. I think social media has taken a turn for the good because we're being real. 
And I think that this loud budgeting thing is great because it's really relatable. No one wants to see you standing in front of somebody else's personal jet, right? Like nobody else wants to see you. Um, oh my gosh, look at this new Louis bag I bought. And like, you're like influencing, right? People want to see, here's the thing in 2024, I'm getting my money right. Guys, look at my budget. You know, I'm spending $500 on groceries. You know, I'm not doing any Uber Eats. I've decided I'm not, you know, I'm doing a no spend month. People want to see that because that's real. And that's really what loud budgeting is about. I've seen a lot of different types. It's um, the social accountability, it seems. And yeah. it's flying in the face of, I, it's the opposite of quiet luxury. That's how it started. I think this yes. guy, Lucas Battle, started this TikTok trend of loud budgeting, but it's it's pushing against this influencer consumerism pressure. And it's people owning saying, I can't spend money on that. Right. Normalizing so real this. money talk. What's frustrating is that we're out here, we're talking about budgeting every day and people dog us for it. But then Gen Z makes a viral TikTok and trend cool. and now budgeting is cool again. It's like cash. <laughs> Dave's like, get the envelope system. They're like, he's an out of touch boomer. And then it's like <laughs> cash stuffing is in the new viral trend among Gen Z. I'm like, they're just budgeting I with know. a cash envelope. This is confusing. But I know. This is one trend I'm not mad about, Jade. Unlike... Stanley tumblers and Crocs. Facts. This is a trend I can get behind because this is really just sharing your money aspirations. And as our friend, Dr. John Deloney would say, choosing reality. Yeah. Going, I am broke and I'm going to be open and honest with that and drop the shame and the guilt and go, I need accountability. Listen, I say all the time, the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself and for others is start utilizing the word no and start saying out loud, literally out loud in a confident voice, I'm not going to buy that because it's not on the budget. Mm. Like when I started doing that, that's when stuff started changing. And not only is it good for you because it's just, it's an exercise in choice because you're saying, I'm not going to spend that. Not, I can't afford it and I'm not going to be able to get well, that. Well, yeah, a lot of times people use it and there's shame, there's justification. And you know, I'm telling my friends, it's not in the budget. And they go, oh, what a cheapskate. Instead, do it with a smile and say, hey, guys, it's not in the budget for me to go out. Would you guys be okay coming over and we do right. a movie night? Right. That's what this is. Or you put you put on the other side of it, you put what your goal is. Like you say, you know what, guys, I'm not going to. I'm I've trying to pay off debt. I've, yeah, I've decided I'm, I'm not going to brunch this weekend because I'm really trying to get my savings up. Not only does that reinforce your goal, but like even psychology says you get that hit of dopamine when you share your goals. It's like, ooh, and you feel it. And that makes you more motivated to then check in again with those same people because they're going to follow up with you and be like, hey, I thought you said you weren't spending. I thought you said you were on a budget. And that's actually a good thing. It's you need to call your friends out. For too long, we're just letting our friends make stupid decisions. That's okay. no friend. That's not a good friend. I, I'm, I'm totally with that, George. I like what this, this says in this article. Um, suggests you should speak up about your financial situation and make spending decisions that support your goals and match your current budget and needs. That's right. That is a trend I can get behind. That's right. Ask yourself, are these spending decisions supporting my financial goals? That's yeah. an adult decision right there. I like that. I like that. Listen, I love that it has a new term. It's kind of like when TikTok came out with cash stuffing yep. and they acted like they were the first ones to, to do that. To invent the envelope system. Right. Your boy, Dave... He's been out here 30 years preaching it. Listen, I feel like we've been preaching this same loud budgeting thing here at Ramsey for the last, I know for Dave, 30 years. And for us, the, the length of time we've been here. And you just really have to be, what I would say is I think that social media can be a great place to get advice, but you do need to be careful. So I feel like I'm kind of shifting the conversation a little bit, but I think you have to be careful because there is a lot on social media when it comes to money and um, advice and tips that's like, uh, I don't know about that. Like there's, there's gotta be method involved. So like with loud budgeting, I, I can support any channel, George, that kind of teaches those like five pillars, like 
get out of debt, budget, get the right insurance, make sure you're saving, you know, for emergencies and retirement and make sure you're prioritizing giving, right? That's kind of like the five pillars that you want to be looking for when you're on social media. However, comma, and there is a right order to do those things. And I feel like that's where Ramsey shines is that we're teaching you the right order to do all of these things in the right way in which to go about those five pillars. And that's the baby steps. And you really don't get any better than that. It works every time. Instead of telling people, well, you need to be investing, but also you need to be paying off your debt, but also you need to, it's like people can't make progress You can't do all that. that, yeah. And even worse, a lot of these financial creators out there are sponsored by the credit card companies, Mm. which is why they're telling you, here's how to maximize and here's the best card to get and use my affiliate link. And I'm like, are you guys really falling for this? You think they have their best interests at heart Right. when you're pitching these different credit cards? So it's exhausting. So be careful. Yeah. Follow the Ramsey crew. There's some other, there's a lot of good eggs out there That's in, right. in the financial creator world, but there's a lot of bad ones too. Yeah. So, But loud tre- budgeting is tread good. Tread with caution. But yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this. I'm just sad we didn't get there first, Jade. How do we create the next viral financial trend on social media? I think we media? were there first. Listen, I Are saw- Are we too Ra- old? No, I saw Rachel Cruz sharing real people's budgets. I know I've been on there sharing real budgets- and sharing our own numbers, like, listen, we're not late to the party. That we started the party. And we're here to stay. That's right. All right, Zachary, you're up next in Tampa, Florida. What's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, just to piggyback on what you just said, I've been debt-free before I found Dave Ramsey. And when I found your show, it was finally someone who gets it, a group who gets it. They really <laughs> and, get it. Uh, I love I it. I just wish I had found you sooner. A lot of a lot of shortcuts. And really well, how old are you? I'm 36. Oh, you're plenty young, man. People usually say that are like 65. So you've got plenty of time. <laughs> What's going on? Well, I'm, my girlfriend and I are in love. Uh, we're getting engaged soon and we're planning to get married. Woo-hoo. And we have, thank you. And uh, we have some really exciting plans to both sell our homes. Um, well, she wants to keep her home and that's the, why I'm calling. She wants to rent it out. Uh, her home and mine is paid off and hers still has a mortgage. And so how much is the mortgage on my hers? question? Her mortgage, I, she owes almost 200 on it. Okay. And she bought it about three years ago in 21. Okay. And you don't have a mortgage and she's saying, Hey, why don't we rent this out? I'll come live at your place. Well, she wants to sell my house and get a home in between Orlando and Tampa because she's an attorney that services both of those and it's just easier for her to do that. And she wants and to take out a mortgage to get it or you're going to just pay cash again? I, I can't fathom being in debt again, you know, after not being in, you know, mm-hmm. in debt for so long. I just, I can't fathom doing it. I'm and guessing so your girlfriend ask, is really good at arguing. <laughs> <laughs> this was her first house. And so she worked really hard and it's her baby and, Oh, poo poo. Everybody, is, listen. It's a wood like, box, listen. man. She worked hard for it. She's and about to rent it out to strangers. She doesn't care that much thing. about it. Stranger's about to demolish <laughs> that thing over time. And so, if you're going to do this move, you got to pay cash for the next one. We are that's not right. carrying two mortgages around. So, that's the line of the right. sand you get to draw. And honestly, if you're moving far enough away from that other rental, you need to consider selling that because you don't want to do that long distance landlord deal. Listen, keep your blankie for emotional support, not a house. That's a different decision. I wish you guys the best in your journey. Marrying a lawyer, like, I wouldn't even dare argue with my wife at that point. There's no debate there. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. She's Jade Warshaw. I'm George Camel. We'll be back before you know it.
Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm Ramsey personality George Camel, joined by my esteemed colleague, Jade Warshaw. And we're taking your calls, America, at 888-825-5225. And I say America, but we've been getting more international calls, and uh, it's really fun. That's right. Well, and international impact, Jade. International impact. And speaking of the nations, I have to mention that you're national number one national bestseller. That is so kind. I have to mention it, George, because the other day it wasn't number one. And then you were like, Jade, it is now number one. Publishers Weekly hadn't put their list out yet. And we were number one in, in hardcover nonfiction uh-huh. and f- number five overall out of all books. So that was come on humbling. And uh, I, I told them in the first segment of the show that I feel like a turtle on the on the fence post. You know, the turtle didn't get there by itself. Yeah, you're- we have an amazing team here. <laughs> Dave's built this platform. So I'm just a turtle. You know, George- I always saw myself as a tortoise. I kind of look like one. Your you know? analogies are second to none. Thank you. I try really hard, but thank you, Jade. It's been fun. <laughs> and you just launched a book that was also a bestseller with money's yeah. not a math problem and it's big, making big impact. It is making big impact. People I'm are just, changing their beliefs around budgeting and money. And that's the biggest part. It's the hardest part. Listen, I feel like a wiener in a steakhouse, you know? There it is. That's my <laughs> other favorite. I know. I was just setting. I, I thank you for the setup, George. It's an alley-oop right there. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines. Mitchell joins us in Anaheim, California. Mitchell, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, So my problem is, or question is, I'm trying to buy my first house. I'm 35 years old, married. uh, Southern California is an expensive place, so it's hard to get started. Um, My in-laws are offering to provide a down payment of 200,000 toward a $900,000 house. However, the down payment is not, it's not a gift. It is a investment for them. Um, And so it would be an an investment property for them where, you know, down the line we sell it, they get 50% of the profit, we get the other 50%, but we also get to put money into the home instead of paying rent. Red flag, red flag, red flags all over the play. I can tell you don't Um, feel good about this by the way you're talking about it. Yeah, for I mean, it's if it everything worked out financially, it would help us get started. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, because right now we're paying three thousand a month in rent. Sure, um, it's one of those scenarios which, where everything yeah. has to play out just perfectly in order for it to work, and there not be anger or bitterness, or he said he was going to do this, or ooh wee. Yeah, and yeah, and so I mean, I'm worried about. I mean, what happens? when something breaks on the house, who's right. paying for it? What happens when, you know, there's taxes due? Um, but, I mean, what happens like when the insane. house appreciates to two million and now they get a million dollars? Yeah. And they're exactly. stealing your wealth. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of this, man. Me either. I don't okay, do, I don't do strings attached opportunities. Yeah. And so I would say that is so I'm kind of you guys. Out. Thank you. Right now we're just trying to buy our own house, mm-hmm. our primary residence. We'll maybe get there down the line to purchase an investment property, but when we do, we're going to pay cash for it. Yeah. That's a big goal for us. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to purchase this investment property, you go for it. We will support your decision, but they don't pay your bills, and I would not get them intertwined as you build wealth. Yeah, definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. Listen, okay. so how yeah, long but, is it going to take for you guys to save up a down payment? Let's let's start thinking uh, about what I it mean, means for you. Yeah, four, four or five years, hopefully, okay. in that range. And you have no debt with an emergency fund right now? Where are you guys at financially? Um, 
I have, uh, I mean, stocks, uh, 150,000 cash, uh, more like 30,000. Okay. And so, I and mean, no debt, my, uh, car debt, uh, 20,000. Okay. We're going to pay that off today. How would that sound? Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm also interested in moving this money out of these stocks. Is it just maybe... non-retirement and single stocks? Uh, exactly. Yeah. What if you just put it in like a index fund? For the next five um, years, it, that's uh, yeah, that's generally what it is in right now. It's in a, a couple different index funds. Well, is it index um, funds or is it st- single stocks? Because George asked that question. Uh, in, uh, index funds. Okay, so it's spread around a fund of lots of stocks in one spot, right? Exactly. Okay, just checking. Yes. All right. Well, I like that plan. I like what George said. I'm taking twenty thousand of your thirty k in cash, paying off the car. Now you've got ten k. You can start building mm-hmm. that up to three to six months. And then anything on top of that, you know, keep chunking it away. Yeah. Okay. And you'll have 200K of your own in no time. I still think you might need Mm -hmm. more than that. What's your household income? Uh, 250. Okay. And you're going to be buying in in the Anaheim area? Yes. Okay. So I'd start setting a goal and saying, hey, we're going to buy something reasonable for our first home. The first home should always be the worst home you live in. Mm -hmm. No such thing as the dream home when it's your first. So don't try to aim too Mm -hmm. high. Get something reasonable. That mortgage payment should be a quarter of your take-home pay, and that's going to help you do this okay. in a smart way. What does nine hundred thousand get you in Anaheim? Because are you still are you still uh, shooting for the nine hundred thousand mark, or not anymore a, because the parents aren't involved? Um, with the parents involved, that's what we're shooting for. Without the parents, we'd probably knock you know two hundred off like that. Seven hundred. I mean, it's a, a townhome. Exactly. It's like a two three bedroom townhome. That's all you need. My first two okay. homes were townhomes, and we have no regrets. And I think too many people poo-poo the non-single family home because we wanted the big yard, and we wanted no. this, and we wanted these countertops and five bedrooms. And I'm like, it's just you guys and a dog. Like, what do you need five bedrooms for? It's yeah. a ladder. Climb the ladder one rung at a time. And townhomes still appreciate in value. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. And there's less maintenance. Okay. Insurance is cheaper. So there's a lot of benefits to condos and townhomes there and so i would start there and set that goal get aggressive about it get that emergency fund but something tells me you're not going to go pay off this car today mitchell um probably not i'm i mean we've Ugh. been doing a couple thousand dollars a month here and there just to have a reserve fund what would it take for you to pay off the car today um uh, I mean, I'd like to have a rainy day fund of cash. Well, let's put it in perspective. Let's put it in perspective. What's your what's your car mm-hmm. payment, and what are you putting towards it's, it every month? Uh, it's five fifty a month. So it's five fifty, and you said you're putting a little extra on it every month. If you paid it off, yes. how much extra do you put towards it every month? Um, it's kind of just whatever extra we have. So give me a ballpark. Thousand, two thousand. One or uh, two thousand. Yeah, uh, so let's say fifteen hundred. Yeah. Okay, so if you paid it off today, you have now freed up. $2,050 that you can put away every single month into your rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. Think how quickly you'll save money like that. Nine months, you're done. Yeah, okay. Just yeah, a little I food will, for thought. Yeah, no, I'll I'll talk to my wife and see if we can do that then. I love it. Whose car is it? Uh, hers. Uh-huh. The plot thickens. Well... I, I hope she goes with it. And make sure you present it in the right way. Not like, hey, I called the Ramsey show and these dopes are like telling me to <laughs> s- pay off your car. I don't think it's a good idea, but yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, whatever you guys advice- make $250,000. What do you need a car payment for? 
Yeah, but it's true. Like, whatever advice we give people, they've got to ingest it and decide that this is what I believe too. Because if you're pitching it to your spouse and you're like, listen, these bozos told me to do, then you're never going to sell it, right? <laughs> it's got to be your idea, not our idea. Car loans are the number one wealth killer in my book. It's now surpassed student loans, Jade. It's a nightmare. Get 100. out of it, Mitchell. You're too successful. You're too smart. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Well, if you missed it, we made a big announcement. We've got a brand new event happening on May 10th and 11th right here in Nashville, Tennessee at the headquarters. It's called Total Money Makeover Weekend. This is exciting. And uh, we love a good live event. This is a brand new event. In one weekend, you'll get a crash course on everything we teach about money. We've got brand new talks from all of the Ramsey personalities, including Jade, including Dave Ramsey, Ken Coleman, John Deloney, Rachel Cruz, myself, we're going to be talking about budgeting and beating debt, investing, and so much more. So no matter what baby step you're on, no matter how long you've been listening to us, this is going to light a fire under your butt to keep making progress on all of your goals. So if you want to join us, uh, be sure to get your tickets because right now we have some early bird tickets and this is about as cheap as it's going to get. Limited time only. Get your tickets now for 99 bucks. RamseySolutions.com slash events and start making plans. Book the flight, get the hotels, budget for it. You got time, yeah. but it's running out for these early bird pricing. So May 10th and 11th, join us. There's going to be live Q&A throughout the weekend. Uh, Smart Money Happy Hour is going to be yes. live in front of a studio audience. That's Listen, you guys. George, I have a groundbreaking idea Hit me. for my presentation. No, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but oh. I'm just letting the folks know it's going to be different. We're going to break some ground, apparently. Yeah. I don't doubt Jade. I never do, because I'd be on the wrong side of that. So <laughs> join us. Total Money Makeover Weekend, May 10th and 11th. Get your tickets. RamseySolutions.com slash events. Tell your friend. Text your mom. Bring the whole crew. All right. Michelle is up next in Charlotte, North Carolina. Michelle, how can we help today? Uh, hi, it's such a blessing to, to talk to both of you today. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I have a HELOC. Um, the balance on the HELOC is $32,000. I have $28,000 in my savings account. And my question is, should I take all, take, um, all of my savings except the $1,000 and put that towards the balance of the HELOC? Or should I hold back some of my savings? And my concern about that is um, I'm, I'm single. I'm 55 years old. Um, I just had to replace my heating and air conditioning system, and I've had some home repairs over the last few years. And my concern is that my savings would be depleted if something else were to happen before I uh, saved up my uh, full emergency fund. Is this your only debt? Yes. It's your only debt. And so technically, you're, technically the way we look at it is like this. If the HELOC is more than 50% of your home, then it would go with baby step six when you pay your home off. 
But if yours is less, which it sounds like it is at 32,000, am I right? Yes. Then it would roll into baby step two. And so for that reason, and for those listening, baby step two is paying off all your debt except your mortgage. And so for that reason, I would do that. I would drop this down. I'd knock out this HELOC. And then that frees up, again, that extra money for you to build up that savings even faster. How much do you make? Uh, about 90000 a year. Good. Awesome. So if you used the majority of the savings, it would knock down the HELOC to five grand. And then you could knock that five grand out within a few months, it sounds like. Correct. I like that plan. Mm-hmm. I, do too. I don't know how long okay. you plan on needing to work until, but I want you to retire with some dignity, and getting rid of your debt is going to be your best option. Do you still have a mortgage? I do. My mortgage is about 140000 mm-hmm. Okay. So if I'm Michelle, uh, I'm going, hey, by 60, I want to be completely debt-free. What's the plan to do that right now? It's getting rid of this HELOC the next few months. Then it's restocking the emergency fund to six months. Then it's going to be, I'm tackling this mortgage. I'm going to tackle, mm-hmm. you know, 30 grand a year for the next five years and knocking this thing out by the time my 60th birthday, we're going to celebrate mm-hmm. because I'm 60 and I'm totally debt free. Are you currently investing right. at all? In my 401k at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm at 7%. So as soon, well, I just, um, I just paused my, um, uh, what's the word? Contribution? <laughs> I just paused my contributions, yeah. Good. Uh, Good. To, that frees up 525 bucks a month. For, I'm sorry? That That's going to free up over 500 bucks a month to throw at the HELOC. Right. So that's why I paused it starting Perfect. February 1st, so I could put that towards it. And then... Um, build up my emergency so that was my other question my emergency fund since i'm single should that be three months should it be four months should it be six months i like six months i listen after covid i am always in the camp of six months <laughs> no one ever regretted having the six months and so especially it. with you being single single income there's just more risk when you have two people with a stable income there's less risk mm-hmm. so you could lean towards three but in your situation and stage of life and you got you, all the home repairs yeah i'm gonna go six months and that might take you uh on average it takes six to twelve months i think you'll do it faster you'll do it closer to that six month range i do too if you can start throwing you know you free up the heloc payment and this extra 500 bucks right. from investing yeah you're gonna be able to get this thing stocked up in no time michelle i also think when you i think right. you're at an advantage when you're single kids are out of the house there's nobody else to get in the way of what you're trying to do is what I'm trying to say. So I think that you can go as quickly as you want to go and get as intense as you want to get. And that's kind of exciting. I love it. Thank you for the call. Up next, we have Timothy in Washington, D.C. Timothy, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, George. How are you? We are doing great, my friend. What's going on? Well, uh, first of all, I'm just going to tell you that um, I'm the blind guy that called into your show on the uh uh, the Smart Money Happy Hour, I think it was, or the, the special show you did when your book was released. Oh, yes, the live stream Q&A that, we did. The audio to book. That's right. Yeah. You were saying how great it is to have a wonderful audiobook to listen to because you're unable to read the hardcover. It is. It's wonderful, and the sound effects just added so much fun to it. I was laughing all the way through it, listening to it. That but, means uh, the world. So here's my question. Thank you so much. So um, here... Um, Here's my question. So I'm, um, I'm a single man, uh, 30 years old. Um, I'm on the brink of having a fully funded emergency fund saved. I was aiming for 12000 but after listening to your book, I thought, 
better raise that 15000 just to be safe because uh, rent and utilities, worst-case scenario, top a little over 2000 a month. Mm. Um, rent alone, 1700 1725 So, And considering that, um, considering the apartment I'm in and the rent I'm getting, I'm actually doing pretty well. Great. Apartments around here are running 2000 or more a month. Anyway, I'm trying to save up for a down payment on a house, and based on my current income, uh, gross salary, about 80K a year, uh, net take home after insurance and taxes, not including retirement, probably about 55K a year, uh, that uh, after my housing and utilities and groceries, I'll probably be lucky to save maybe 20 a year, um, which means about seven to eight years if I want to go for a 20% down payment and even townhomes in this area or Alexandria, Virginia, I've checked online, generally start at half a million dollars. So a hundred is the minimum I'm aiming for. And I was just wondering, um, is there a more efficient way that I could get there or am I, or is this about the best we can do? Mm, great question, Timothy. Well, you've been doing great so far, and you're at that home stretch with the emergency fund, which puts you in that baby step 3B. So you're thinking through this the right way. Okay, the most you can save right now is 20K. If you've done that budget and you're going, hey, there's no other expense to cut, then the other side you need to go to is how do I make more? How do we get that 80K in DC up to 100K in DC, even if right now that's through a side hustle or consulting or freelance, anything you can do? Because that's all just going to be gravy to get you to 30K saved. That's a different equation now. 30K, five years, putting 150 down on a $500,000 condo or townhome. Now we're cooking with gas. Absolutely. And I have been doing some, uh, I'm a music teacher on the side outside of my federal government job. So um, I do do a little music teaching on the weekends. Uh, problem is I've had a hard time finding students. Um I, now, one thing I did do is uh, on my Facebook page, I recently um, posted on there that I am a private teacher uh, to my friends only. Because uh, believe it or not, I've gotten some phishing scams from people. That <laughs> oh, you got to be careful. Listen, and jump in some I, Facebook groups locally. That's a great place to start. But in the meantime, hop on Instacart, man. Make you a thousand extra dollars a month. That's twelve thousand dollars a year. Add that with the twenty thousand you're already saving. I mean, that's how you make headway. Do something until you can do the thing that you want to do. Yeah, and check out that Margin is Breathing Room chapter in the audiobook, Timothy. That's going to help you. i got lots of ideas for those side gigs for you there. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Listen, George, before we go further, I... Listen, I clowned myself on that last call. I clowned our guy, Timothy, because he's blind, and I suggested Instacart. That was horrible. Oh, boy. I, I, I dropped the ball. Timothy, my guy. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. We need to come up with some side hustles that will work for you because the truth is Instacart doesn't work for everybody. So let's, George, let's hit him with a list of things that he can do. And Timothy, accept my apology. I'm sorry, my guy. I it was an innocent mistake, Jade. I'm sorry. We've all been there. And uh, this show is live and on the internet forever. So I apologize <laughs> for that. That's just the nature of the beast. Listen, y'all can come for me in the comments. I, I'm ready. They've, I deserve They've it. come at you for less stuff, so I, it, just be ready. <laughs> so I'm going to just go through a list of things, uh, not just for Timothy, but Anybody. some ideas that anyone can do. And obviously, if you've got any kind of disability, it's going to add a challenging layer. Yeah, that's but a fact. what I hear in Timothy's voice is 
he's willing to do whatever and he's an overcomer and he's not scared of work. Oh, and so 100%. That, those are the biggest factors to me. And so um, I don't know if there's any uh, groups, uh, Facebook groups even for those that have disabilities or I would for, think so. for those that are blind to where he can jump in there and hear from others and mm-hmm. hear how they're how they've dealt with side hustles and bringing in more income because yeah. he's doing music teaching. That's true. That's a great and, one. Uh, if you can do that, you know, from your home, you know, think about other things you can do from your home. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of at-home jobs out there. One thing that anyone can do is just sell stuff. It is amazing how much crap we have sitting around and how much people are willing to pay for your crap. Because guess what? Point. At one time, you were willing to pay for that crap. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's a loop. That's right. And so sell it on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. And guess what? If you want it later on, you can buy it again from Facebook Marketplace for about for the $4. same price. <laughs> so uh, flipping stuff is also something I've seen a lot of people do successfully. Yes. Some turn it into a full-time business. Yeah. They'll go and buy something for five bucks that they'll research and go, I can sell that for 50. 100%. And make big profit. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing people can do. Of course, Jade, you mentioned Instacart. There's a lot of delivery type apps, Amazon Flex for packages, DoorDash and Uber Eats for food. And so if you have a vehicle and you're able to drive, you got a driver's license, you're old enough, then that can be a great option to go make money. Uh, tax withholdings, Jade, is a weird life hack to get more money back in your life. That's right. People oh, are getting, anybody can do that. If you're getting a $2,400 refund, you can change your withholdings and get that $200 a month back in your life. And now's you the time of year to do that. It's the now beginning the of the time. year. Get the full effect. Don't think that was a gift from the government. Uh, pausing investing is another way people can free up money in their budget. Mm-hmm. We're hearing all these calls and we go, hey, how much are you investing? They go, mm, 7%. Doesn't feel like much. And I go, that's $600 a month a that could be used toward your debt and your goals and down payment. Uh, babysitting, house sitting, uh, pet sitting, dog walking, all of these, you can easily make 15 to 30 bucks an hour. And Jade, now that I have a daughter and we hire babysitters, I'm like, should I become a babysitter? I'll stay home and watch this baby for 30 bucks an With hour. With these rates? Okay, I know that's right, George. It's crazy. Um, house cleaning is an, another one that anyone can jump into. If you're not scared of other people's dirt, I mean, you go in there and start scrubbing and mopping and you know wiping down and dusting. It's amazing how much money you could make for one house. Listen, I I don't know what I would do without the person that cleans our home. So thank you so much, Chelsea. <laughs> Whether it's full-time business or side hustle, it's a great way to do that. Uh, indoor, outdoor, home maintenance and repair. I mean, if you are remotely handy, I'm talking about, my handyman said, I go to this wealthy neighborhood and people hire me to go change out a light bulb. Yeah. And they either don't have the ladder, the know-how, the confidence, the time, they're they're older. Yeah. Whatever it is, you'd be amazed if you just put yourself out there. Um, car detailing is another one anyone can get into. It's these in other everyday tasks. It's everyday tasks that people don't, they don't want to do. Like I was out the other day, uh, this was in the fall, so there was a lot of leaves out. And the kid was scooping up leaves and putting them, you know, in the in the paper bags. Mm. And I was like, hey, can you come over here and do that in our yard? Just because out of the, out of convenience. So there's so many jobs that you can do that is convenient. Like if you can think of something that would make someone else's life more convenient, chances are you can make money. At That's it. what it's all about. And so uh, those are just some ideas to make more. There's tons of ways to spend less. We won't mm-hmm. get into that today, yeah. but you got to be doing a budget first and foremost to actually make a plan for this. Otherwise it can disappear real quickly. But some uh, jobs that anyone can do from home, especially those with maybe disabilities, there's a lot of cool like translator jobs. There's, uh, depending on your skill that you already have with your career, Timothy's working for the government. So I I wish we'd get him back on the phone and go, what is he doing currently? What What is is that skill set? Mm -hmm. How can he offer that outside of there? 
And private music teaching is a great way. That Most people like a good way. don't charge enough. I mean, you can you you're from coming from the music world. You at least, at the very least, need to be charging a full dollar an hour. If you're not, you're. De- I mean, so that, sixty to me, minutes is that's sixty the bucks. Starting, yeah, yeah. And then you need to very quickly be charging a hundred and then a hundred and fifty an hour. Well, and depending on the kid and the skill level and your skill level, mm-hmm. you can really. I mean, if people are taking this seriously, parents are willing to pay. The last voice lesson I took was two hundred dollars an hour. Ooh. I took the lesson. Wow. And look at you now. One of the best voices me, I've me, heard. Me. There yeah. it is. Uh, so there's a lot of things you can do. A lot of uh, gig websites out there like Fiverr and Upwork and Freelancer, editing, proofreading, writing. There's a lot of things. Now, I wouldn't mess with some of these dinkier ones. Like people are like, should I take these online surveys for 10? I'm like, I, some of this just not worth your time. Yeah. So, Listen, I know a lot of people who are doing virtual assistant jobs. Yes. And that is like, they're making major bank doing- Customer service jobs too. Just mm-hmm. Answering phones, helping walk people yeah. through stuff. There's a lot of jobs out there. Mm-hmm. That's right. So just some ideas. Again, I would, uh, depending on what you're able to do yeah. and uh, your skill set, you just got to get creative. And get the old juices flowing. Sometimes people creative. turn it into a, their full-time gig. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people's um, self-employed business starts is they start with something small that they like, that they're good at, that's a convenience for other people. And because they, they're good at it, it just starts to grow and there's a need for it. And I, you know, that's how it starts a lot yeah. of times. Well, especially from the music world, we're both uh, musicians. And so I'm thinking about Timothy, there's room in the licensing world. I mean, if you just license your music for TV, films, weddings, mm-hmm. that's what I used to do, Jade, as mm-hmm. a side hustle. Yeah. And my biggest hit was Ford used my two of my songs on their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got an email. They're like, hey, are you, they, they don't have much budget. Are you okay with $3,500 for them to use these songs? And I was like, <clears throat> let's I think, go. I think that will do. Absolutely. Yeah, I can. That's fine. Yeah. Or a lot of times that instead of paying for the licensing rights to use an actual song, they just want you to make kind of like a Bobo cover of it. Yeah. Like I remember my husband, remember that Sly and the Family Stone, Everyday People? Oh, yeah. I- everyday people my husband they went to my husband toyota and said hey will you make a bobo version of this make us like the great value yeah so we don't have to pay sly and the family stone to use their song wow listen he's got a plaque in his office for it isn't that crazy that's impressive that's crazy with the plaque i like that a lot jade yeah there's a lot of things people can do and you just got to be willing to do it because most people they want to just sit on their couch and just make 50 bucks an hour listen everyone wants to sit on their couch what are you willing to do that other people aren't? <laughs> that's like, right. Get up and, and go, you know, kill something, drag it home. And so that's where I look at skill set. I had, yeah. you had a bajillion side hustles when you and Sam were paying off debt. Listen. I, I had about a dozen. Yeah. You got to get creative, figure out what you like to do. I sold cupcakes and cakes and wedding cakes and things like that. And me and my husband love animals. So we trained dogs. Like we learned how to train dogs and then we went out and got clients and trained dogs. Wow. <laughs> so like whatever it is that you like to do, but... I have to say this because it's worth saying no side hustle takes the place of a core income that's that's yes. that's not measured. It must up. be on top of. Yes, because if your core income, like, for instance, you know, I talk a lot about the side hustles that Sam and I did, but the real issue was our income. Like your when your income is just income. so low. Yeah, you've got to work on that as well and find a long term plan to get that up, because the 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 fact is you're not going to want a side hustle for life and you're not going to want that to be. Um, the way your life looks long term. So there's two sides of that coin. My funniest side hustle was, have you heard of Nielsen? You know, they do like the ratings for TV and media. Uh They had uh, one called the Nielsen People Meter. So I signed up for this. They give you a little beeper that's listening to the media you're listening to. 
and that affects the ratings of radio and shows and music. And so I did wow. that, Jade. I turned on my little beeper and I put it in my pocket and I get a check for like 20 bucks a month. That's like wrapping your car. It's you know, easy. Get your car wrapped and you have to drive around with, you know, Ponzi attorneys at law. But listen, for it's For 500 easy. bucks a month for a season, you can do anything. Yeah, it's easy. The problem is, Jade, I couldn't fit that little beeper in my skinny jeans. I had to upgrade <laughs> my pants. But hey, what are you willing to do for a short season... So that you never have to do it again. What are you doing to live like no one else now so later you can live and give like no one else with pure freedom and you can look back at those side hustles with a little bit of laughter and have a good story? That's right. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. This is your show, so give us a call, 888-825-5225. And if you are enjoying this show, I hope you are, would you be Would you be a doll and just hit the share button, hit the follow button, leave us a kind review wherever you're listening. You guys, are the, you're the greatest marketing plan we could ever have. And the show is free, and what I'm asking you to do is free. It just takes a moment of your time. Just text it to a friend, hit the subscribe button, let the algorithm know this is the kind of content America needs right now. That's right. That's all I'm asking for. All right, Michael is up next in Sioux Falls. Michael, welcome to The Ramsey Show. How are you doing? Good. Hey, George and Jade. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I have two sons, one 16, the other 17. They're both in high school working part-time jobs. They are using every dollar to budget uh, every month, and they're doing a really good job for saving for vehicles. My 17-year-old has paid cash for two separate vehicles. Wow. Um, and, yeah, so he's working really hard. The problem is the, the savings accounts they have are earning 0.01% interest. Yeah, they're that sucks. earning more, and they're, they're even talking about investing but I don't know. They're both talking about going in the military, and I don't know if investing is the right option now, if they should be looking at a money market or a high-yield savings account or what they can do to better maximize the savings that they have so that they have a little bit more available to be able to apply it towards school or a vehicle or any other expenses. Great question, and I applaud you as a father for raising some bright young men. We need more of that in today's world. Yeah, thank you. So let's separate this out. So there's savings and there's investing. So let's talk about savings first. Savings is for your emergency fund and for short-term goals. So they need to be thinking out a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, what are the expenses we're going to have that we'll need to cover? Maybe that's first month, last month's deposit on rent. Maybe that's upgrading car. Maybe it's a maintenance fund for the car with a sinking fund. And outside of the emergency fund and those kinds of savings goals, Long-term is when we talk about investing. That's more of like the five-plus-year horizon. And I think both are good things okay. to start um, coaching them on and get get that muscle, kind of the, get those muscles built. And so you're right. On those savings accounts, you can do way better than 0.01%. Mm-hmm. And right now we're at record highs in savings accounts with, you know, 
four or five plus percent in a high yield savings account. Mm-hmm. So I would move their savings there and help them open one of those. Um, I don't some really great ones. I don't know. Can they open one for themselves, Jade? I'm trying to think if it's custodial still 17, until 18. I think, 17, I think, is still custodial. So like a minor. Yeah. Okay. I think your name would still have to be on it. Okay. So that's I would definitely move their savings to high yield savings account. You can have them do a starter emergency fund. I mean, these guys are about to be adults real quick, mm-hmm. and so having a yeah, few thousand bucks saved is great. Beyond that, since they are, you said they're working part time, they have earned income. Yeah. I would also help them start funding a Roth IRA, and that's not tied to an employer. Okay. That's an individual retirement arrangement, is what that stands for. And you can um, work with a SmartVestor Pro on that. You can reach out to one of those uh, folks on our website, RamseySolutions.com. There's also DIY options, you know, through like Vanguard and Fidelity. But um, that's a great way they can, you know, I think it's seven thousand for seven thousand this year is the mm-hmm. is the contribution limit, and so they can contribute up to seven thousand. If they made seven thousand, they that's can contribute they can up to yep. seven thousand. And if they made more, they okay. can still it's still seven thousand. But you can't contribute seven thousand, but you only made four thousand. Sure. Would it make sense for them to follow the the baby steps and do the fifteen percent at this age, or because they have additional funds, they should just um, go as close as they can to maxing it out while still having the emergency fund and doing some of that other savings? I think it really depends, kind of like what George laid out with those other short term goals. Do they that, have education expenses yeah. to cover, for example? Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Okay. What's on the horizon? What do you see for both of them as far as educational expenses, or even? living expenses, whether it's rent or, because that's going to inform a lot of this as well. Moving expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? So right now they're both talking about going in the military and if they do that, it'll be four to six years. And so all those living expenses, everything else will be covered. Their health insurance, they won't have any of those expenses. Wonderful. If they don't, my 17 year old is talking about going to um, like a trade school. Okay. And so the expense won't be nearly as much as the four year. So although if they do the military route, that's four to six years where it's covered. That's also four to six years where they can be socking away money for a down payment when the time comes. And so, and also, mm-hmm. you know, kind of blending what George said with what you're saying, if you did choose to start helping them put money away, you could also think, okay, maybe down payment is the next thing that we're going to do. Because when we think about the baby steps, cause you said, can we apply that to them? Th- baby step three is getting three to six months of expenses saved. For them, that's going to be something very minimal. So maybe they've just got some money set aside and it's there. But if they start saving for a down payment, that's something because the horizon is six years from now. You could throw that in an index fund and let it grow for the next six to seven years or more until they're ready for it. Um, If you're not quite ready to get into that retirement building phase with them. Perfect. So you've got options. And you can do that in a non-retirement account, like a taxable brokerage account, and just put that in some index funds for the next, you know, four, five, six years Mm -hmm. as they're in the military. I mean, that's going to, that could, with compound growth, you know, it's going to start to take hold after a few years. But their savings rate right now is really the, is what's going to be the ticket. Yeah. That way they can get to it if they want to, and there's no penalty associated. All right. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. These are fun conversations to have when it comes to a 16, 17-year-old, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, no debt. It's amazing what parents can do to set their kids up for financial success Yeah. uh, instead of the the hacks I've been seeing on social media, Jade, which is you should get a credit card and add your three-year-old as an authorized user so that when they're 18, they have an amazing credit score so they can go out and get as much debt as they want. (laughs) Parents, do you understand how dumb this is? And here's what happens most of the time. 
the parent ends up making terrible financial decisions and tanks their kid's credit score accidentally. When the kid's 18, they got a 500 credit score. I'm like, if you do, if you're going to do anything, just take 50 or 100 bucks and just set it aside in a, in a brokerage account for them. If you're going to do like, just set some money aside. Why's it got to be attached to credit? Well, like, your that toddler no being sense. an authorized user is the real wealthy hack, Jade. <sighs> what the wealthy people do drives me crazy is, oh gosh okay let's get to karen before okay, uh, before i have a moment let's get here. to karen karen how you doing she's in green bay i've been better um so great to talk to you guys thank you sure i too. have a 2016 kia sorrento and this week the um the what is it called the um head gasket blue mm. so i i owe 10 on it Excuse me, I owe 11 on it. Okay. Um, I can either sell it for an offer. I've gotten up to 6500 for it. I'm getting around 6500 just to sell it as is. Broken. With the known problem. Is that okay. to a private yeah. party or? Correct. Okay. Um, fix it. I can fix it for about 6700 or I, I'm also exploring trading it. In. Oh, I know you're going to say no to that. Um, trade it in to try to, you know, get a new car that... Um, On payments? That will, yeah. Girl. Here's what would happen. You, you trade it in, <laughs> okay, the dealer gives you like $2,000 for it. Yeah. And then you're taking yeah. on another twenty, and you're going to increase your debt instead of get rid of it. And they, and they probably will sell me a car worth about... Fourth, they'll charge me a few more on the card of yeah yeah, yeah. Karen, I Karen you already know that's not the move so Don't, we can check that one off you, the list you need to stay away from car yeah. dealerships with a 39 and a half foot pole right do now. you have any money do you have any money saved because you you yeah, mentioned getting the car like, fixed which I, I don't have like a little emergency fund um five grand okay okay um um for this kind of a thing so you almost have the um, money if you sold it for 65 and then you took you know, the other 4500 to cover the difference, you could pay off this car, but that would leave you right, carless, of course. True. Right. Are when you single? Then, then where do I get a car? I, I'm married. My husband, I've been, my, I work from home, so it's, and, and a friend's been helping with driving my kids for sports and stuff, so. So you guys have another car? My husband's pickup. Okay. Oh, okay. So could you go down to one car for a season? Hmm. Just briefly, while you save up two wow. or three thousand, and then buy what? So just I'm get a, a private party. Yeah, just get a beater, and this is temporary. <laughs> and then when you get another couple thousand, you add to it. Because here's yeah. the thing: when you buy a two or three thousand dollar car, it's not going down in value anytime soon. It's already taken the major hits. So just upgrade it little by little until you get to at least eight or nine thousand. And then that's how we walk up this ladder of buying a car in cash. I would also go to a bunch of mechanics and get bids for this. Because online on RepairPal, it's about 1600 to eight, 1900 bucks for this repair, not 6500 So I'm not saying that, but look into that. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by Jade Warshaw, and this is your show, America. We want to help you take the right next step with your money in your life. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Jacqueline starts us off in the North Pole, literally. Wow. Jacqueline, is this true information? Yes, we're hanging out here with Santa in negative 40-degree weather right now in Alaska. Holy moly. I, I wanted Run. to pull the Will Ferrell, you know Santa? <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> Wonderful. My nephew actually has said that, and it's it's awesome. I mean, it was a 
beautiful moment for me because I love elf. Incredible. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny you guys talked about side hustles earlier because um, I, because we live in the, the North Pole, there's not a whole lot of resources up here. Um, and it's very expensive to live here. Uh, so my husband got stationed up here. He's, he's Air Force. And um, he got stationed up here, and we had some major sticker shock when we got up here um, because things are just so incredibly expensive. So I started babysitting as kind of like a side hustle to pull in a little bit of extra money, and it exploded into this ridiculously good-paying job. Wow. Um, so we weren't great. lying. That was no. one of the ones we mentioned. Right. Um, it's I, earn, I, I can earn anywhere between uh, 6000 to $11,000 in a month, Woo! Um, just depending on the need at, at the time and how much I can handle. Um, how I many hours does that, side. how many hours does that equate to? Just curious. Um, I, I usually open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So, okay. So it's like a daycare. Roughly. Yes. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Um, but I also homeschool my, my five children um, at the same time. So it's, it has to, like, the, the workload has to coincide with what I can, you know, manage with that as well. So right. it, that's why it fluctuates so much. My question is, um, I've been contemplating possibly taking this business to, like, turning it into an actual business. Um, I'm wondering, though, if I should because, of course, being in the military, we don't know how long I'm going to be here. Um, and, I mean, I could range anywhere from, you know, another year to maybe three years, depending on my husband's job. Um, what does that mean when so, you say turn it into an actual business? Is that like actually renting space and, and turning it into a, an official daycare? Okay. And the purpose to doing that would be so that you can bring in more kids and earn more money? Yes, because there's a there's a desperate need. Like I've, I've had people call me crying because they desperately need to go to work, and and they and I just don't have any more room, and and it's just it's heartbreaking to have those phone calls and just say I'm mm. so sorry, I just cannot do anything else. Um, so your goal is to rent so, some space locally, hire more people, and expand this operation. Correct. Yes. Okay. And what's your question? The, well, the issue is, is I, I don't know one how to even begin doing that and then two mm -hmm. if it's even worth it to do that because like i said we could be gone in a year or two well when so, i when you mentioned that to me assuming assuming all the other things are in in place for a moment assuming you don't have any other debt assuming that i my first thought would be like okay what's this going to cost me and i'm looking around right. at buildings and then my biggest my brain goes to insurance because i'm thinking okay right. liability I'm, insurance liability, is the hardest yeah. part of daycare yeah so right. that's where your I believe that that's where your research is going to start. Have you ever already looked into that? Um, I have looked into that, and it it is quite expensive here. Um, everything here is just like I said. You, I mean, you take it from the lower forty eight. Anything that costs, you know, I don't know, ten dollars, you, you multiply it by about three, um, and and that's what your, the prices are, are up here. And the question is because you have such a big if if you have the demand that you say you have. And if you're thinking to yourself, listen, I found this place on the corner. I know what the rent is. I know what the liability insurance is going to cost me with the demand that I think I'll have. Will I be able to offset that in a way that I can actually make a profit? That's the question. Got it. Okay. Okay. And also be thinking uh, about licensing, board of health, background checks for employees. There's a lot mm -hmm. going on here. You know, getting an actual business set up, business banking and all of that is going to be a part of this. So I would... Your right. next step is just do a lot of homework and maybe talk to people who have been in this business locally. Because I assume there there's daycares in the North right. Pole area, right? 
Yes, there just are. not enough. There are a few. Yeah, there's just not not a lot because a lot of them go under due to the financial stress of uh, everything you guys just spoke about. And I don't want that to happen um, to you. If that's happening, there's right. a reason for it, and it just may not be a sustainable business. And that might mean you need to scale down the business and go. All right, I can only take on five kids a month and I'm going to do it out of my house until we move and I'm mm-hmm. not going to make this a business. Or you could mm-hmm. figure out a way that's, listen, I'm trying to think through this with you. A, I hear what George is saying. There, It, it might be because there's just a, an issue with the, how expensive things are. That's why people's businesses are failing. Or listen, talk to those owners and figure out what was going wrong. Because some people, they're good at watching kids, but they're not good at running a business, right? So it could right, be that their right. business sense was off. If, if whatever you find out, you could also get with a buddy and be like, listen, I've been running this daycare. What would you think about, would you be willing to open your home and run a daycare? I'll show you how I do it. So it's almost like you're uh, creating a bit of a franchise out of this with other moms that you know, and maybe they're opening your homes and you're helping them get that started and you're taking a cut. There's a lot of things that you could do here to get creative. But I think the crux of everything that George and I are saying is whatever you decide to do, you're stacking up cash and you're not going into a bit of debt in order to do it. Because right now you're in this right. place where it's cash flowing, it's making you a lot of money. What I don't want is for you to get excited about moving forward, get locked into something and feel like your only option is to go into debt or take out a loan in order to fund some aspect of this business. Fair? Right. Well, I have I have one other option that I might be able to consider. And they're actually the woman that built, built the house that we currently live in, because we, we have no debt other than our house currently. Okay, um, good. We, we have plenty, plenty put aside for um, retirement considering our ages. Good. And uh, we, we've got every, like everything kind of our ducks are, are in a row, so to say. Okay. Um, good. And I, I, don't, I just don't want to jeopardize that because my oldest son is uh, special needs and probably will be um, dependent on my husband and I for the rest of his life in one sense of the, of the word or another. So we're trying to find, like my, my original dream was to become a pilot and I still want to um, achieve that dream at some point. Um, but the, the older I get, the less likely it seems that that's actually going to happen. Um, so I'm trying to look for alternatives. And I, my, my one question to you guys would be like, could I run a business like this from long distance, like say we were to move, excuse me, say we were to move and I could run the business from- I would just uh, sell the business before you move. I agree. I think it's going to be too much headache and it's going to end up causing you financial stress and emotional stress. Especially with childcare. I just feel like that could, it's got so much- It's not exactly a remote business. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I would just sell Um, it and uh, you hope someone would buy it. And that's one of the reasons not going to debt for this. Mm -hmm. We see too many stories of people taking on $200,000 in SBA loans, business fails. Well, guess what? You don't get to just erase that debt now. You still owe $200,000. So move slow, move at the speed of cash and remind yourself why you even did this. It was, hey, I just want to make a little extra cash. That's it's right. okay if you don't turn this thing into an empire uh, in the North Pole. But what a cool story that would be. That would be amazing. She's crushing She's it on her there. way. All right. Thank you for the call, Jacqueline. Stay warm. More of The Ramsey Show right around the corner. We'll be back. Here's the thing about investing advice. You can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option. Check in with a smart investor pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a smart investor pro in your area, go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Ramsey Solutions is a paid non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. 
Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Jade Warshaw. Open phones at 888-825-5225. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. In case you're a new listener, you might be wondering, what, what does that mean? Well, Neighborly is a family of locally operated home service providers who are dedicated to giving homeowners excellent service. So start your search today at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Kate in Nebraska. She says, I've always told my 18-year-old son to avoid debt, which means he has no credit score. A family friend who is the same age recently tried to buy a car insurance and was quoted outrageous prices because she doesn't have a credit score. She was able to get added to her grandma's policy for less than a quarter of the price. This has made me think... Uh, he should get a credit card and build a good credit score. How can a young person get insurance at a reasonable price with no credit history? Well, you know, there's there's something to, there's a couple of areas to this, George, that my mind goes to immediately. Number one, the type of car. That's true. Number one, if the car is paid for or not, does definitely can increase your rate. Like obviously if you have a brand new, you know, 2023 um uh, what's a nice car, George? I don't know cars like not a Civic, but like a like a sporty car, sportier car. Yeah, the col- Camaro, Camaro. Camaro, like the color of the car matters. Like if you get a Camaro in red, listen, that insurance is bonkers. Um, and there is just something depending on the state that you live in. If you live in South Florida and you're a new driver, yep. like it's just going through the roof. So there are a lot of factors there. Um, but at the core of this question is really the credit score, and that's what I think that we need to dig in the most because. It's, it's one factor. So, Jade, I actually wrote an article on the Ramsey Solutions website called Insurance Score, How Insurance Providers Use Your Credit Score. So in here, uh-huh. I talk about the other factors because uh-huh. credit score is one factor. We will admit that. But sure. there's other factors like your age. Yeah. The younger you are, the more expensive it's going to be. I'm sorry, but teenagers are likely to get into a fender bender. Yeah, that's not going to change. And so, uh, you know, Gen Z is getting the mine shaft here um, while boomers get the gold mine. I'm sorry. Uh, your location, like Jade was mentioning, high population areas are going to mean higher premiums. Rural areas, lower premiums. Again, it's all about risk for this insurance company. It's not because they hate you. Mm-hmm. It's all a measure of risk. And lastly, it's your history of claims. So uh, if your kid has had a fender bender already, their insurance is going to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. And it stinks. So those are a few factors. But if you don't have a credit score, there's still a lot of ways to get a better deal on your premiums, which is pay your your other bills on time. They're going to look at other payment history. And so you want to avoid those late penalties. You also can bundle, you know, auto insurance with other types of insurance to save. Mm-hmm. You can raise the deductible. If you guys are out of debt, fully funded emergency fund, a higher deductible puts a little bit more risk on you, but it lowers your premium. And uh, the other thing, Jade, is people will shop with one company. They'll go with some name brand they saw on a Super Bowl commercial instead of shopping around. So That's right. what I do is I shop with one of our Ramsey Trusted Pros. So I get in touch with my people at Xander Insurance and I say, hey, can you shop the top companies and tell me what the best rate is? And they, these are only really highly rated companies. These aren't Bobo brands. Yeah. Um, but they also may not be the big ones you've heard of. That's true. And so that's, that's that that's can also point, save you big money just going, oh, we're not getting a good deal. I need to shop in, with an independent broker. That's a good, really good point. And there's also a deeper level to this conversation that I just want to tackle real quick because the fact of the matter is when you living a life without a credit score does, is not always the easiest choice in the moment because 
you can always find like a bunch of kind of like little factors well it'd be it'd just be easier if he had a credit score then he'd just have a lower rate and you kind of think of it like that and that that pops up a lot of times think about renting a car people say oh well if you you don't have a credit score you can't rent a car and i'm like you can you may have to jump through a few more hoops like let's be honest about that you may they may make take more of a a hold on your account you know all these things that yeah if you had credit, they might not do that. But if you had credit, do you also know what you have is debt? So you can't have one without the other. You know, same thing with credit cards. People are like, oh, it's just easier for me to just pull out my credit card and swipe it. I'm like, yeah, that's why you swipe it so much because it's easier. So there's a discussion here about it's really what you're trading. You know what I mean? And it's like, listen, if you're saying I want to set my kid up for success and you understand that part of the way that you're setting him up for success is I'm teaching him that we don't have to borrow money. We don't need a credit score. We give ourselves credit that we can earn the money we need. We can manage the money we have in order to have the lifestyle that we feel we deserve. And I feel like that's the teaching that's behind this. And when you make that choice and draw that line in the sand, you're also saying to yourself, yes, you may have to jump through a few more hoops because the fact is our society is not set up for, it doesn't favor the people who choose to not use credit. It it favors the people who do use credit. So there is that piece of this that you just have to accept and go, listen, I'm willing to take a couple hits sometimes in order to maintain my peace. And I think that that's what we need to be teaching our kids is that, Give yourself credit. Don't depend on the credit score. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's true. And uh, getting that affordable used car and have your kid work part-time to afford the insurance. These are good skills for this kid to learn. And then the insurance will go down over time as the kid gets older. That's right. uh, I'm going to just suck it up and uh, do all those things I mentioned. And we'll put the link in the show notes, James, the producer. Can we do that? To the insurance score article that will give you all those tips I mentioned and give you a deeper dive on that. Love it. All right. Nick is up next in Providence, Rhode Island. Nick, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me. Sure. Hey, so I was hoping for some advice, a little guidance. Um, My wife and I, uh, we have two young kids under uh, under four years old, a four and a two-year-old, just purchased our, our forever home in Connecticut. Uh, we previously owned, I, I had two rental properties previous to that, um, holding on to one and we sold the one that we were living in half, uh, and then purchased our new house. Um, I have some money in savings and I have an opportunity that if I were to sell my other rental property that I do have debt on, um, I'd be able to pay off my primary residence. Ooh, um, and I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth, um, uh, whether it's a good idea or not, um, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm kind of torn a little bit, you know, whether to do it or whether to keep the money and invest it and maybe get some more rental properties. <laughs> um, but I would have to take on more debt, obviously, which I know, uh, you know, I've been with you guys for a few months now and it's, um, you know, not really the path, you know, that's suggested. Look, what do you owe on your forever home? Uh, 405. 405. And if you sold the rental, what would it bring? So the rentals, I could sell it for 550 and I owe 248. So I'd probably take home after taxes right around 260. So it wouldn't be enough to actually, it wouldn't be enough to fully pay off your forever home. It would just make a big dent. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so well, I, I have uh, just under 300000 in the bank as well, like liquid cash. Whoa, oh, hey, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Um, uh, that's from our other rental property that we had when we sold that. We got it. In half, so we had to pay taxes on half when we sold it. So, how yeah. how much money do you guys make a year? 
so we net around 12000 a month. Um, my wife's a nurse when we moved into the new house. She actually ended up uh, only going to two days a week, um, and then I work. Um, I make around one fifty five, and she makes around sixty now. Amazing. Just curious, the rental when you rent it, how much does it bring? Like, what do you profit from it every month? Yeah, yep. So I actually just handed it over to a property management company. It was cash flowing around twenty six hundred dollars a month. So that's after you know mortgage, after what it brings in. I cleared twenty five hundred. Now it's you know, just over 2000 Okay. And then I also, I'm just curious, your forever home, what's the mortgage payment on it? Yeah. So it's a high interest rate. Uh, it's at 3700 right now. Listen, I, I'm what, here's what, here's the numbers I see. I'm looking, I'm like, okay, listen, $2,000 of cash flow. That's great. But if you paid off your, if you sold this rental, paid off your home mortgage, now you've got the 3700 or a portion of that because obviously, you know, you've got to keep paying your taxes and whatnot. You get yep. that back yep. in your pocket and now you're turning around and you're restacking your savings, essentially. You're either adding it back to um, your house is paid off so you can invest as much as you want. Like, you can literally turn around and invest that money. And I feel like that's the move. That's a lot of money, George. Yeah. And the other option is you guys make great money. If you could stack up a hundred grand extra, you could just pay off your primary residence from the savings and keep the rental and then attack that one next. Hey, so like either it. either way, I like that plan, but let's get aggressive about making one of these moves happen. I don't think you'll regret selling the rental and having a paid for house because you're going to be able to get another rental lickety split with that kind of income and no payments, my man. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, good folks, Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. This is your show. Give us a call at 888-825-5225. We'll talk about your life and your money. Well, Jade, uh, producer James slipped this on the desk, and it's a fantastic, fun article from Yahoo. People are revealing the everyday items they had to stop buying because they became too expensive. That sounds like a BuzzFeed headline. Yeah. Like, BuzzFeed people, they have no character limit for these headlines. (laughs) Goodness gracious. That's funny. Listen, yesterday's prices are not today's prices. We all know that and we all feel that. So let's read a few off and see if they're relatable here. Number okay. one, concert tickets. It's like everyday things people stopped buying because they became too expensive. I didn't go see Beyonce. Everybody else was renaissancing and I was at home. Mm, I felt the same way with Taylor Swift. Everyone was Taylor Swifting. I'm like, y'all got y'all got some money. Bro, folks were cashing out their 401ks to get these tickets. I just can't stop. What's the most expensive concert you've you paid for? Recently? For one ticket. Okay. Thank you, George, for teeing this up. I saw you two in the sphere. Oh, my goodness. And well, I you... was deeply disappointed. Can you tell us how much those cost? Because no one has told me. Um, Is it like $1,000 a ticket? It was everything all in for both of us. It was about $1,000. So 500 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And if, oh if you spent double that, you could get even better seats. And I just... It it did not not a thousand dollar experience for you. Here's the thing, it made it worth it because it was my husband's fortieth. But on another occasion, I would have been like, I want my money back. Oh gosh, just saying, just and saying, just imagine just how many people put that experience on the credit card. Ooh, 
Because how many people are like, you're you're budgeting for this trip. You know exactly what it's going to cost. You've got, you're paying for everything in cash. They've done studies, George, that say, you know, we already know that when you put stuff on credit, you spend more because you don't feel it. They've done studies that said um, one of the high, one of the purchases that you'll spend the highest percentage more on up to 100 percent more is concert tickets. That makes sense. People will literally pay double the price when they put it on their car. Well, and I think the younger generations are willing to fork over more for experiences. Yes. And then they get the older crowds, the Gen Xers and the boomers with the nostalgia. Because yeah. now everyone's got, I mean, Elton John's on his 90th final reunion tour. I'm like, goodness gracious, yeah, man. Yeah, but those tickets aren't as expensive. And that's what that's what I say. Go watch the old heads perform. Like, I go see Kenny Loggins. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go see these old acts because the tickets are like Still $70. Reasonable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Next up, we've got bowling. Oh. This person said, a few years ago, my girlfriend and I went bowling at a local place. It was maybe 60 bucks for shoe rental and two hours of bowling for two people. Recently, we checked prices online. Same rental and playing time is $150. Whoa. Are for they, bowling? I, I mean, that thing better come with like a massage while I sit and wait for my turn for 150 I know bucks. that's right. That's okay. crazy. What's next? She says, ads and, okay, ads. Being added to Amazon Prime and Netflix was a breaking point for me. Oh, what does that mean? The ads? I guess it didn't make it more expensive, but it's just a frustrating piece there that you're paying that much for something that still has ads. Well, my thing is Amazon Prime and Netflix, the price has gone up. Like Hulu too. Those like all those little subscription like in my mind, streaming services. It was like, I don't know, five to eight dollars. Now everything's like nineteen ninety nine if you want in H D. Otherwise we're gonna show it in black and white yeah. and four by three in seven twenty. Everyone went went into the teens. They went from the single digits to the teens for sure. Mm. Oh, all this right. one's relatable. Everyday items that people stop buying because they became too expensive, Airbnb. Oh. Anytime I look on Airbnb and I see all these fees, like it's $99 a night, but there's a $400 cleaning fee. Listen, clean it's, it. It's, I Spend what you need to get it clean because I, I need to know it's clean. I'm just saying I usually, the only time I stay in an Airbnb, if it's with a big group and we mm-hmm. want to do something fun and local and we're mm-hmm. hanging out, we did that in Arizona. It was fun. But otherwise... I'm just staying in a hotel. I, I'm sorry. You know what? I I stay in a hotel because I feel like there's a corporate juggernaut supporting the fact that my hotel room needs to be That's cleaned true. properly. I've seen some Airbnb horror stories. Okay. Uh-uh. So there's and part of me that's listen, like, they're I kind of like, get it. Hey, could you go ahead and start the laundry for me? And while you're at it, there's some weeds that need to be pulled from the back. I'm like, listen, I'm not what? here to do your chores. Please. Yeah. I'm paying you for a service. Okay. No way. Oh, let's, ordering pizza. It's getting too expensive. This person says, I'll still order for pickup sometimes if there's a good deal, but no more just picking up the phone and randomly ordering a pizza. That's my my toxic trait is I'm always like, I am picking up the pizza. I ain't paying for delivery. And my wife and friends like, dude, just pay for delivery. I'm like, it's $4.99 for the delivery fee. Then you got to tip the pizza person who delivered it. Are we talking about just basic like Domino's or Pizza Hut? Or are we talking about like Uber Eats delivering a a specialty pizza? Uh, I think this is more the whatever your casual local pizza place is, whether it's big chain or not. I will never use Uber Eats. I don't trust Uber Eats personally. Uh, and it's not to down because I know a lot of people do that as a side hustle. You know I just they're, can't they're pay grabbing the a money. fry. Well, and they're grabbing a fry for yeah. sure. That driver 
is grabbing a fry. You mean to tell me if I go pick up your order at McDonald's and that fresh, hot McDonald's French fry is sitting right there in my cup holder, I'm not going to reach over and just grab a couple? I have trust issues. Listen, me though, too. we got a lot of people doing side hustles, paint, getting out of debt. That's what I'm saying. Eats. I'm not mad at them. Well, Keep our, doing it. Our crew, they're not doing that nasty stuff. So no, our people do it right. If you're out of the, if you're on this thing for the right reason, gazelle intensity, you're not that person. But I just know that happens out there. Yeah. No, um, keep support your local. Listen, if you have the money, support your local Uber Eats driver because they're trying to get out of debt. And and while you're at it, pay for my order too. <laughs> I like that. All right, next thing people stop buying because they came, became too expensive is new clothes. Someone said tried to downgrade from the mall to Amazon, but that stuff's mostly trash. Listen, well, Rachel Cruz's feelings are hurt. She loves shopping. You have for to know how to shift through the trash though, because and I don't know how. So. They said, I thrift now. It's not as bad as I anticipated. A lot of the stuff is discarded with tags. I even found a sweater that I'd wanted years ago. So that's Thrifting good. is on point. Listen. Yeah. Reduce, reuse, recycle. There you go. This girl said, I love this. She said, my car. I just said, screw it. I'll work from home and get me a bike. Wow. Come on, girl. I know that's, that's right. That's good for the body, too. You know, yeah. getting your workout in. It's good for the planet. I like it. But yeah, cars, especially if you live in a city... You know, obviously some places you mm-hmm. can't just get rid of your car and bike around. I True understand. That. Some True climates, some locations. But a lot of people that live in an area with public transportation, I'm from mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. You don't need a car living in Boston. You That's can get around true. to most places uh, with the T, But as we call it. let's talk about just saving money on gas because I just and feel insurance. like even if you don't live in an area that you can get from most place to play, like you might have to drive your car to get to work, but you might. Publix is around the corner. You might be able to walk to get your groceries or ride your bike to get your groceries. I think we need to start considering, you know, being a little bit more creative with our transport. That's good. Last one on the list, eating out. They said not worth the price and the food quality is not there anymore and there are smaller portions for higher prices. I agree with that. Very true. That feels like a complaint I would leave. 100%. And listen, I am not buying a cocktail at these restaurants. Like, If it's a... If it's a very nice, fancy restaurant, and I know that they craft very nice cocktails, I'll buy one. But if we're going to Applebee's, which I rarely, you know, listen, I'm not going to Applebee's, but I'm just saying, don't, don't buy a cocktail at Applebee's. Yeah. (laughs) When Jade is going to, what, Red Lobster and getting a lobster Why has it got to be Red Lobster, George? The Cheddar Bay Biscuits. (laughs) You're dipping it in the Lobsterita. Okay, that's disgusting. No, that's a good one, though. I'm actually going out to eat tonight with my wife. It's our, it's our date night. And we're going to a nice, like, high-end sushi place. And I'm already, like, I'm getting ready for this bill, Jade. Listen, George, I'm still on Red Lobster. (laughs) I'm still on Red Lobster. And if you invite me, I'm going every time. I'm just telling you right now. You can't pass up the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. (laughs) Hashtag not sponsored. But it's true. Like, let's call out that inflation has made things more expensive. We're not here to tell you that you're making it up. But also, don't overinflate it and get all big and emotional just don't buy it anymore. Half the stuff that we're upset about with inflation are not, they're luxuries, Jade. I know. I know. Like I, outside of rent and gas and and normal basics like groceries, all these still exist. I was in the other day and I was like, oh, food's not that bad. Like you can get a, yeah. fill up a buggy for a hundred bucks. Yeah. For me, it's the tipping fatigue. Like I feel like some of the reason I've pulled back on certain things is I'm just... The tipping fatigue is what got me. It's like, all right, listen, I would usually pop in and maybe get a coffee, but I'm tired of dealing with the guilt mm. of not tipping. So it's like, I'll just save the money on the tip and the coffee. Like, I feel like it's that combination of inflation plus the dialed up tipping. Yes. And for me, well. it's fees. Everything's got fee. I'm calling it fatigue. Fatigue. I like it. Hey, on the tipping thing, normally, you know, they, they flip the screen around. 
or someone else asks you like do you want to tip your you know bar yeah, owner? yeah i've had people recently ask me do you want to tip like me the if self verbally ask that's the most awkward oh. i would tip you james I You're would worth too. It. Worth every dime. Not today, but one day we'll tip you. <laughs> mm, listen, I'm all for generosity, but not when it's a requirement and it's forced. That's right. Hey, good stuff. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Thomas Sowell said, Much of the social history of the Western world over the past three decades has involved replacing what worked with what sounded good. Ooh, that'll make you think. That'll burn some brain calories that'll right there. That'll make you stroke your beard, yes. Good stuff. I got one. It's, it's not much, but it's there. <laughs> All right, this is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw. David is up next in Chicago, Illinois. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking my call. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How can we help? Well, I am kind of planning out the next phase of my life. I'm uh, almost 54 years old and looking at retirement in the next six, eight years. Cool. And the plan is to eventually sell all of the assets and live on a sailboat, sail the Caribbean for about six months out of the year. And when hurricane season hits, you put it on on the shore and live up in a house up in northern Wisconsin. Wow. So I guess Whoa. I'm just looking for affirmation that uh, I can do it, I can afford it, and then the best plan of attack to uh, finalize up the savings and so forth. What Very a cool. cool plan. Yeah. That's fun. All right. So are you single? I am. I'm happily divorced. No kids. Okay. So you're ready. This is going to be a solo adventure for you. No. Actually, the uh, the girlfriend is in on the adventure. Uh, okay. She is, she is going to take care of the house up uh, wherever we decide to leave, uh, live the uh, summer months at, mm-hmm. I figure I'll probably check out long before she does. And then that way that's, she's taken care of on her end because she's done that. And I'm taking care of the boat and everything on my end. Wow. When so, you say sell the assets, what does that entail? Um, currently have about 10 cars, an airplane. Uh, my house is paid for. Um, and then as far as what I've got in money market, 401ks and type stuff. Wow. So obviously, the, the cars will go away, the airplane will go away, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to it. assume your net worth is in excess of $5 million. Oh, God, no. What is it? <laughs> uh, actually, just added things up. I'm sitting right about 1.2. Okay. okay. Um, so, I mean, what are these 10 cars for? You just collect them? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had them for, I've built them up to collection over the years. Uh, two of them are gifts that are going to be gifted to my nephews when when they each turn 16. Um, so really, I guess I only have eight and there's seven days in a week. And so you got to have a spare, I guess. <laughs> are, they all, are they all paid for? Like is all, is, is there debt on any of this? No, everything's paid for the okay. cars. Uh, the values on the cars total about 530,000 and that's insured value, fiber classics, um, muscle cars type stuff. Cool. And then, um, and you're willing to give all of this up for the dream of the sailboat. Well, how much does a sailboat cost? I'm looking between two twenty five to two fifty to spend on a boat. Okay, is I, that used? Can, yeah, definitely by used. And the thought process is actually to uh, try to acquire one in the next twelve to eighteen months. That way, I've got time to do anything that needs to be done to it, so that when we're ready to go, it goes with us. 
and it's ready to go. And then that way it's also paid for. So the question um, is, though, my question is $250,000, great. Why do you have to sell everything to get that? Because, you know, you said yourself 530 is in in the cars alone. I don't know what the airplane is worth. And then you've got this other house. That's a lot. That's going to bring a lot of money. I don't know why we have to liquidate everything. When I go to retire, things will be liquidated, not not to acquire the boat. Um, The the plan is to acquire the the floating asset paid for. And either and, and maybe use it a few times a year, maybe put it out on charter a couple times a year. But then so that in the next seven, eight, nine years, whenever I decide to stop flying for a living, that I can just sell everything and, and move on to the next adventure. And then that money you just drop into some sort of investment accounts. Exactly. Got exactly. it. And How much that, do you make? Some, um, a little over 200. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Base, I fly corporate jets for a living. And, you know, base is about 190 between extra stuff. And if I do any contract work for a couple thousand a day, I it, just call it roughly 200. Okay. And just to clarify, the girlfriend, she would purchase in her name the house in Wisconsin or what's the plan for that? Because I know that's, you said she'd take care of it, but I want to know more. That's her plan. That's the plan is that she would acquire, she lives separately in her own house now. So she would eventually either take out a mortgage or uh, she would acquire the house that we would live in for six months out of okay. the year. Six months out of the year, we'd live on a sailboat and sail the Caribbean. Okay. And then obviously uh, that way, you know, that house, again, she's going to live longer than I will. But she doesn't have this house in Northern Wisconsin yet, or does she? She'd sell her Not house yet. to get it. Right. She would sell okay. her house to get it. And, and uh, she does okay financially. Um, not great, but she has a nice pension set up, so she's in good shape there. What's the situation? Would you pay rent when you're there for six months out of the year to help her cover the mortgage? How does this work? No, you're just living together. Like she's yeah. she covers it. He does the boat. Like you'll cover the boat six months. She covers the house six months. Yeah, is that the Correct. idea? Now, is there yeah. any plan to get married? Or no? Probably not. No. Okay, you're just li- no living your to- life. Okay. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're both divorced. Uh, her kids are, are done and grown. And uh, yeah, and you're it, keeping the money like, separate. Like, it sounds like everything is financially correct. very separate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, I make more than she does. Um, so I carry, you know, the, the majority of the burden when we go out or vacation type stuff now. Yeah, but that's uh, you're the boyfriend. So and you don't mind doing that, it sounds like. No, no, no. Okay. All. all right. Nothing sounds way off here. My big question is, are you going to be able to, once you officially retire, you're not bringing in more income, will your assets generate enough income to cover all of your expenses? I would hope so. Um, I've always, you know, 25 years ago, uh, I was gifted the book, The Millionaire Next Door, obviously read that and kind of lived by that most of my life. Um, I I try to live well below my means. Um, But yeah, I guess in my mind, I want to have a couple hundred more tucked away before I make this ultimate move. What's in your 401k, like all of your retirement accounts combined? That's what I was going to ask. My money market account uh, has about 120 in it. My checking account is about 40. Um, I've got two uh, 401ks, about 145. Um, Currently, 20% of my salary goes into my 401ks. I have... The, the Roth that I have that I just opened up in the last uh, few weeks, that'll be topped out here in a couple of weeks. Um, and you have catch-up contributions as well, so that helps you. Yeah, and I really don't spend a lot of money. I get, half, the, half of my monthly, uh, I'm out on the road flying, and so all of my expenses are there. My per diem is covered. 
my per diem on the road actually covers what I eat the rest of the month. So, so like, really I have like 450 all in and diff- various retirement accounts. Does that sound about right? Uh, well, you've got a house that's worth about 300. Well, just just the retirement accounts. Because I'm looking at what is actually creating income right now. The only thing that's doing that is the 145 in the 401k and some in the Roth. Correct. So I would, if I'm in your shoes and you really want to live this dream, I would liquidate now, take that money, put it into investments, max out all of your tax advantage accounts, put the rest in a taxable brokerage into index funds, mm-hmm. and let that money grow for the next six to eight years. There's also the 120 that's in a money market that's at uh, 5.65 yeah. APR. And I still, I think, okay, and you've got the 40000 in checking. I think that you've got a lot of money in a lot of places. It would do you well to kind of get it organized and work with a professional if you're not already. When I look right. at when I look at this just at a glance, I look at it and I go, okay, he's got 40,000 in checking. I'm moving that to a high yield savings and I'm going to call that just my emergency fund. And then I'm going to take this 120 that's in money markets. I'm going to invest that probably into some kind of brokerage account again working with a professional. Then I thought I heard you said you had 145 in retirement and another 140 or so in another type of retirement fund. That's good. Um and so I think it's just kind of consolidating this. And to George, George's point, whatever you can liquidate now, that's not a necessity that you're like, listen, I have it because I have it. But if, if, if you really want to make that money work for you, I would work with an investment professional and get it invested so that when the time comes, you want to make sure that you can live off of that nest egg. You can keep maintain the lifestyle you have in greater without really touching you know, the nest egg if you don't want to so that you know that you can go, you know, as long as possible. So that's what I'm looking at. And I would, I mean, just liquidating the cars alone, if you went from 54 to 62, you took all that money and put it in an investment account making 10%, you'd have $1.1 million at 62 when you're ready to retire. So just something to think about to have assets that are actually generating income instead Mm -hmm. of just a bunch of toys. But I'm hoping this dream works out, man. It sounds awesome. Call us from the sailboat one day. That'd be fun. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to Jade Warshaw, my co-host, all the folks in the booth keeping the show afloat, and you, America. We'll be back before you know it. Hey folks, Dave here. You want to hear even more life-changing content from Ramsey? Download the Ramsey Network app so you can catch all your favorite shows all in one place like the Ramsey Show, Smart Money Happy Hour, and the Dr. John Deloney Show. You'll get real talk about life, relationships, money, and your career. Plus, the app lets you browse by topic like debt, business, or selling your home. Get the content you want whenever and wherever you want to listen. Download the Ramsey Network app today. 